The key to sustainable leadership lies in the ability to thrive in uncertainty, ambiguity, and change. Grand Heron International brings you the Coaching Assistance Program, giving your employees on-demand coaching to manage through a challenging situation and arrive at a solution. Visit grandheroninternational.ca slash podcast to learn more. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, a podcast dedicated to promoting leadership development and sharing leadership insights. Here's your host, the Leadership Accelerator, Eddie Turner. This is the very first time I am trying to record and produce the Keep Leading Podcast live. So I'd like to say a very warm welcome to any who are tuning in with me. Welcome to the Keep Leading Podcast, the podcast dedicated to leadership development and insights. I'm your host, Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator. I work with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact through the power of executive and leadership coaching, facilitation, and professional speaking. I always say I'm excited to have my guests because I've been so privileged to have some amazing people on the Keep Leading Podcast. But my guest today, you're looking at her, she's absolutely amazing. Let me tell you, we are in the midst, as we all know, of an unprecedented global pandemic. And in a very short period of time, everything has changed. Dr. Julie Rosenberg, a senior medical consultant and expert on conscious living, is here with me today, and she will address how we can best practice self-care and maintain a state of well-being during these difficult and challenging times. Dr. Julie Rosenberg is a pharmaceutical executive and a global healthcare leader. She's also an executive coach who helps successful leaders get even better by developing themselves and their people to embrace conscious living. Dr. Rosenberg has devoted the last 16 years to in-depth study and the practice of yoga and meditation. She's a keynote speaker and an author of medical literature and nonfiction, including her new book, Beyond the Mat, and Be True. And so uh, the other interesting thing about Dr. Rosenberg is out of 16,000 people who applied to be one of Marshall Goldsmith's coaches, she was selected. So she's a member of the MG100, the esteemed MG100. So I'm excited to have Dr. Rosenberg with me today. Welcome, Dr. Rosenberg. Hi, Eddie. It's great to be here with you. And um, we should tell our uh, viewers and listeners that uh, we know each other actually through the MG100. So I'm delighted to be there and to know some wonderful people like yourself. And I really appreciate your leadership in the coaching field and our collaboration uh, because I believe it's going to be right now with this global pandemic, sort of the marriage, if you will, 
of medical professionals and key business professionals that will help along with our government officials to really solve these problems and take us to the next level and create opportunity for as much normal as possible as we move through the pandemic and get back on with our lives. Absolutely. And in fact, that's why we're here, because I've been listening to you uh, on our Friday morning medical updates. Uh, Marshall has brought all of his coaches together every day since this pandemic has broken out uh, for a meeting every morning. And on Fridays, it's all about medical. And instead of listening to us in general, he only lets the experts like you talk. And I've just been fascinated by the, uh, the depth of knowledge that you have, what you bring to us. So I just said, I have to get you on the show. I have to talk to you. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Eddie. And maybe I, I can clarify for folks sort of where I'm coming from. Um, I'm trained and certified as a pediatric oncologist, and I've worked in both academic medicine and in the pharmaceutical industry. And in my past 16 years in the pharmaceutical industry, focusing on cancer drugs and cancer-related vaccines, I've really learned a lot about, one, the cancer patient population, and two, drug development. And as relates to the population, what I know and what's so important with our current pandemic is that we need to really respect the fragility of life. For all of us, one minute you can be fine, and the next minute you're not. And I've unfortunately seen this too many times. And I've seen very high risk patients, you know, succumb to various diseases. And so we need to respect that possibility for all of us. And the COVID-19, while of course not a cancer, is behaving in this way for many people. One minute you're fine, the next minute you're not. The other thing that I know in drug development is that it's very uh, meticulous in terms of how we identify compounds, how we develop them, and how we launch them. Not every drug is appropriate for every individual. And this also relates to vaccine development. It is a methodical approach to developing a vaccine. And so it is in these two areas, the fragility of life, how we manage ourselves and how we care for ourselves and how we achieve our highest state of well-being. And then secondarily, in the area of vaccine and drug development, that I feel I can offer the most value in this critical time. Well, speaking of that, and you are offering tremendous value for sure. Speaking of that, when we think about wellness and self-care during a time like this, besides the obvious, what makes this so important? Well, I think first and foremost, um, right now, um, Eddie, as I think you know, and hopefully all our listeners know, everybody's practicing social distancing. So it's about self-care and it's about community care. So let's focus on the self first. Mm -hmm. We need to do everything we can to protect ourselves at this moment from this virus, which is somewhat ubiquitous, meaning there's no person left behind. It's a great equalizer. Sometimes these serious illnesses, because it doesn't necessarily matter who you are, what your position in life is, where you're coming from around the globe, you're potentially at risk. So you want to do everything you can to support yourself to your own highest state of well-being. And those things include things like diet and any type of supplementation, 
um, exercise, breathing, meditation. We want to be able to be sort of stable, if you will, with this sort of, uh, I'll call it a chaotic system uh, going on around us. But then in addition to self-care, we have what I call the responsibility of community care. And community care is that, you know, realistically, um, I'm in Florida, uh, Eddie, I believe you're in Texas. I mean, what you do right now with your health affects me because everybody affects everybody else. And that is how we are going to overcome this together as one. I think my friend uh, Chris Cuomo says this a lot, yes. together as one. We need to really think about ourselves and our communities as one to be able to move forward. And last comment about this line of thinking is I was listening to Governor Cuomo uh, this morning of New York, and he reminded uh, the nation on television that this pandemic, uh, at least as relates to the crisis in New York, is only 37 days long. And it seems like a century, like an eternity. Yes. So the things that we do now are going to be impactful for us in the here and now, but they will also provide a foundation for our future. And I think that's important for everyone to think about. Indeed. And I love what you said, Dr. Rosenberg, in terms of the community aspect of self-care, that what one individual community does or individual in a community will affect the others in the community at large. And I think that's probably where we see some of the conflict between uh, should there be a blanket order to shelter in place for the entire nation versus states having to do it on their own. Because it's not like I'm going to just stay here in Texas. I will travel. And if I am infected, then I can pass that along and do damage to others. Is that true? Um, well, of course, um, obviously right now, probably none of, none of us are traveling. Hopefully yes. none of us are traveling unless there's truly an urgent need to do so. And, you know, we're developing a new normal for so many people of uh, working uh, from, a, from a home base. Of course, that doesn't necessarily apply to all medical professionals who are on the front lines of direct patient service, the one-on-one -on -one patient service. But I think what I'm talking about more, and I do believe there should be a government mandate, really a government shutdown. We are one nation. And to suggest that some areas aren't as affected as others, in the here and now, that's true. Mm -hmm. Right now, the peak in New York and the United States is certainly the highest. There's been the most deaths in New York and the most number of cases. But it, it, this is you know, a transitioning virus. Again, it's not discriminatory. The, the virus has a way of responding and, and acting, if you will, uh, for, for all of us. And so we really need to come together as a nation. And it is my opinion that to rebuild the economy and rebuild a confident and, and sound medical infrastructure that is going to take everyone. And so it's important to think about this as as one and all, not just individual states. Mm -hmm. I also think we'd make more progress if we think about this one and all, because I'm very concerned, you know, as I mentioned, I live in Florida. We were late to have many closures. Uh, during the spring break period, which just occurred, yes. we had people all over our beaches. Um, I'm fortunate to have my primary residence on Sanibel Island, Florida, although I do work typically out of a Boston base in the pharmaceutical industry. And I saw in Sanibel, 
numerous vacationers, numerous rental bikes, and around me on Fort Myers, tons of folks on the beaches. And while I do think the word is getting out, just this morning I saw in my local Fort Myers newspaper that Home Depot is just totally packed. And of course, many of our construction workers, landscape workers and the like, are considered essential employees in certain areas, of course. But the bottom line here is that we need to take this seriously. And one way to take it seriously is a top-down, more, more uh, U.S.-centric approach, as they've done in other nations, since I know, Eddie, that you've got viewers around the world. Yes, thank you, Dr. Rosenberg. And to that end, may I ask you to do me a favor? I said that you were a pharmaceutical executive and a global healthcare leader in the intro, but I don't think that really does it justice. Can you tell my viewers a little bit more about just who you are and uh, what your the depth of your experience is in the medical field? Um, sh sure. So, so as I mentioned earlier, um, I am a pediatric oncologist by background and training. I'm strictly Western trained in medicine but I do have certifications as a yoga, meditation, and mindfulness instructor, because in addition to working with cancer patients, one of my personal and professional goals is to help people achieve their highest state of well-being, and I think these frameworks can help to do it. So I've worked uh, for three major companies mm -hmm. overseeing oncology drug development programs worldwide, uh, with a considerable focus actually in Asian nations, uh, with with some of the work that I've done, um, China as well as Japan. Um, and then in addition, I've helped to bring forward a number of oncology products and biosimilar oncology products as well. Here recently in the past year, I'm working more in a consulting uh, capacity, helping smaller biotech companies uh, from the get-go to develop their products. So while my focus is on oncology because in oncology I have worked on vaccines and currently am working on a vaccine that could be useful for mm -hmm. patients with breast cancer as well as multiple myeloma. I do understand the paradigm of new drug development and how we need to do research on existing products if we want to reinvigorate them for treatments such as treatments for COVID-19. So that's, that's kind of where I come into the frame here from both my drug development experience and then you know my, my personal desire from seeing so much, now you're fine, now you're not, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do? Let me help people achieve their highest state of well-being and let me be an example of that to the best of my ability. Excellent, thank you. I'm sorry if I missed that. I wanted to just highlight your area, the, the work specifically there uh, with what you're doing with vaccines and your, your depth of knowledge around that, especially at a time like this where that becomes so valuable. You said something else I found interesting when you were talking about our immunity and what we need to do as a part of our self-care. You said this on the call with uh, Marshall to us the other day and you didn't see my face fall <laughs> and, I, and I just felt like, oh, my goodness, she is talking about me. You said, <laughs> while we're at home sheltering in place, resist the urge to eat a bunch of junk food. And I got to <laughs> tell you, Dr. Rosenberg, I've been eating nothing but junk. I had actually been doing well on a program to lose weight. I had lost about 10 pounds or so. And I've gained all 10 back and probably 10 more during this time period. Can you share the advice that you gave to us about how we should be 
uh, living during this time we're sheltering in place to keep our immunity high? Sure, sure. So, so first and foremost, I mean, you know, we all have a tendency in times of stress, and and I believe that everyone has got to have some experience of tra- of stress in this in this pandemic period, and with all the changes that we're all having to navigate. But if we fall into very bad habits, um, I'm very worried that we will be a nation when the pandemic abates, which hopefully it will sooner rather than later, of more ill individuals than we already are. We already have a crisis of obesity and sedentary lifestyles in the U.S. and beyond. And I am very concerned that the crisis will be be worse. So what can we do in the here and now? It's always about the present. That's why I like yoga and meditation so much. What can we do in the present? Well, there's a real value to paying attention to your diet, to actually, you know, now uh, the CDC is even recommending, and some folks are recommending, you know, not even to go to the grocery, but you can order online and have things delivered. Think about foods that you might like. You have more time at home. You have more time to think. What would you like that's fairly healthy? Because there's a reality with our junk foods, our chips and our pizza and our fries and this and that, that these starchy foods, they're metabolized to sugar. And sugar in abundance is very well known to uh, destroy immunity. And then people have a tendency when they're sitting at home, you know, I hate to say it, to drink more, you know, and if you are drinking more alcohol, of course, or even sugar beverages, but I'm referring to alcohol, um, alcohol also in, in abundance can impact negatively your immunity, and it can also deplete you of essential nutrients. So if we are sitting around and if we are eating bokus of junk, that's really a problem. So I would encourage people to think about eating whole and nutritious foods, to think about what you might add to your diet in terms of any type of herbs and supplements and the like, and to not fall into this situation where you gain a lot of weight and you're very, very sedentary because the other thing is you're going to feel crummy. And we want to feel as good as we can now to respond in the best possible way personally and again as a community to this pandemic. So I'd encourage you to structure your life, think about what you're eating, don't grab and go, you know, as we might be prone to do, but really think about it. The flip side of what I'm saying, if I could just make one more quick comment, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts, Eddie, on this this topic, because I, I know you said you're falling into some of these habits. One more thing, don't deny yourself totally. You know, I have to acknowledge, while I personally am not a big sweet eater, I enjoy a glass of wine with my dinner sometimes, and, you know, I might like a good loaf of French bread or whatever. So everything in moderation. Don't, I'm not asking you all to be on a diet. Diet is a four-letter word, and I don't want you to deny yourself. Deny is another four-letter word. But what <laughs> I want you to do is be thoughtful, okay. to be mindful, and to be observant. And that's part of my whole gestalt with all of this. Where are you in time and space? What can you do in the here and now to support yourself and your well-being? Well, thank you. And uh, before you gave those suggestions to us, you said a phrase that I have underlined and burned into my mind. You said, food is medicine. And so I love that uh, analogy. And I, I literally, since Friday, my wife will tell you, I have changed. Uh, Sunday was National Deep Dish Pizza Day. 
And uh, for a guy from Chicago who loves his deep dish pizza, you know, I, I behaved. I, I've had more kale and spinach, Dr. Rosenberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing oh, you told us. <laughs> the other thing you told us is to uh, get our sleep and don't feel guilty about that. Well, yeah, this is another thing. Again, I, I believe that structure is, is underrated in general. And I think that for adults, we need seven to nine hours of sleep per night to refresh and to rejuvenate. And while I don't suggest doing everything from the bed, and I do suggest getting up even at this time, getting dressed, preparing for your day, and um, you know, constructing a work environment if you're working at home, that's appealing, calming to you, and that's functional. I do suggest those things. I also suggest at night that you work your way to get sleep. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not sleeping well, if you don't get good REM sleep, that's a sleep that really helps us rest, we're depleted the next day. And poor sleep impacts immunity negatively. Yes, and so we must get our REM sleep, that deep restorative sleep uh, is very important. And finally, you told us to move. Don't just lay around, even if we're in a small apartment, a small setting, as uh, many New Yorkers are, uh, all of our friends we have there, uh, that there were still suggestions you made that we can still be moving in a small space. Right. Absolutely. And there are many things. Actually, I, I am thinking about putting out a little guide to this. There are, there are many things that you can do in a small space. So the three components of, of exercise that we really want to pay attention to are stretching, as well as weight-bearing exercise, as well as cardiovascular exercise. Mm -hmm. um, and all of this you can do with your body. You can do, for example, stretching. There are many different stretches for all parts of your body. These things can be online. And you should do them throughout the day because you don't want to have back pain and neck pain and all sorts of difficulties from the sedentary lifestyle. So do them throughout the day. Cardiovascular exercise, even if you have a very small space, you can still do jumping jacks and leg lifts and knee kicks and squat jumps and uh, butt kicks. And, you know, there's a number of things you can do. Again, all these things I'm listing, of course, we're not in a situation where I can demonstrate them here. However, there, there are good freebies online that you can pay attention to. And then for strength training as well, there are a number of things where you can keep your muscles in pretty good shape. And there's something out there called the seven minute workout that I like. These things don't have to take forever. I like these shorter workouts, uh, but but don't avoid them. And so I will say from my own situation, and I'm, I, I like to exercise because I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. I, I try to do this early in the morning and I am in an area where I can go out solo and ride a bicycle. And I'd encourage you, if you're not otherwise confined to a very small area, to do those kinds of things, but there's no excuses. That's what I want to tell you. There's no excuses. The excuse is within yourself for not doing these things. And once you take ownership of that, for all of us, perhaps we can move forward. But it is possible to do all these things in a confined space. Outstanding. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Rosenberg. So we need to move, eat right, get our sleep, and uh, that's a part of self-care, which by extension will be community care. So thank you, Dr. Rosenberg. I'm talking with Dr. Julie Rosenberg. She is a global healthcare leader and a pharmaceutical executive. And we're gonna take a pause right here. We'll have more with Dr. Rosenberg right after this. 
This podcast is sponsored by Eddie Turner, LLC. Organizations who need to accelerate the development of their leaders call Eddie Turner the Leadership Accelerator. Eddie works with leaders to accelerate performance and drive impact. Call Eddie Turner to help your leaders one-on-one as their coach or to inspire them as a group through the power of facilitation or a keynote address. Visit eddieturnerllc.com to learn more. This is Chester Elton, the Apostle of Appreciation, and you're listening to the Keep Leading Podcast with the one, the only, Eddie Turner. So we are back, everyone. I'm talking to the amazing Dr. Julie Rosenberg. Dr. Rosenberg is a pharmaceutical executive and global healthcare leader who is helping us to understand how during this critical time, you and I as leaders can maintain our wellness and our self-care. So we got great tips before the break there from you, Dr. Rosenberg. I also would like to switch gears now because I want to include some time to talk about your book. You have written two books uh, that we introduced earlier. And I think for those who may still be able to see the video, go ahead and hold those up for us, please. Sure. Um, so my first book was uh, Beyond the Mat. This came out, uh, it's published by DeCapo Press and the Hachette Group. It came out in the end of 2017. And, you know, I'm pleased to say it's been helpful to really thousands of people. And what this book does is it really takes the framework of the yoga sutras, which is really the wisdom of yoga and makes them relevant to modern times. And in being so relevant, it it leads us to a framework, again, of optimal leading and living. So it really is a book that I intend for both leaders uh, of, of corporations, but for anyone else who wants to find a framework of what I call enlightened leadership Mm -hmm. to be able to lead in a way that offers self-care, community care, as well as visionary thinking and optimal leadership, you know, for the long term. So that was my first book, Beyond the Mat. The second book um, was actually published. This book is published. It's called Be True. Be True. Through KDP Publishing on Amazon. And I wrote Be True as a correlate to Beyond the Mat after I received hundreds of requests, could we have a self-study guide, a journal type format, so that we can really look at ourselves more specifically, so we can do the things that you recommended Beyond the Mat and and come back to our own narrative and review it. So uh, I'm happy to say that my uh, friend and mentor and yours as well, uh, Eddie, Dr. Marshall Goldsmith, he, he termed this a critical guide for knowing yourself and to becoming a highly effective leader. And my hope That's is a strong now, endorsement. <laughs> yeah, I, pre- I always appreciate Marshall's endorsements. It means somehow we're on the right track. I never always, I never know for sure if I am or not, but if Marshall says it's good, I kind of think it's good, you know. Uh, but what I'm hopeful for, for everyone, whether it's Be True or whether it's some other uh, anthology that you pick up or just a blank journal, I'm hoping that people take this time to work on themselves and, and to really do some self-observation, mm-hmm. some self-reflection as to what their goals are and who they are in the here and now and what they want to be in the longer term. And I don't just mean what you want to be in terms of your career per se. 
what you want to be as a person, as a contributor to society, as a contributor to your family. What do you want to be now and in the future as time goes on? And does that look different than it looked at uh, for you pre-pandemic, you see? So I think uh, these are real opportunities for people to support their self-actualization, their self-reflection, an opportunity for all of us to take this difficult situation and maybe make it a little lighter and make it productive for us now and in the long term. Wonderful. Well, congratulations on your new book and certainly congratulations on getting uh, a tremendous stamp of approval from Marshall Goldsmith himself. Uh, I'm fascinated by your work and the great things that you're doing and that type of book specifically as it will allow us to kind of have you in our ear as we're uh, taking the steps that you tell us and, 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 and marking uh, the, the steps that we need to take to move forward. Uh, that's, that's really great. And as I said, at the end of the day, all of this is up to the individual. Mm-hmm. But what I would hope that people do is really ascribe to a path of greater self-awareness, greater resilience, and greater self-care, which will serve you for the long term. As I said, I really fear that this crisis uh, could lead to a more sedentary population, a more ill population, a bigger pandemic, if you will, of obesity and inactivity. And that's very serious too. So I'm trying to help intervene in the here and now to the best of my ability as an individual and appreciate folks like you, Eddie, who who have this awareness uh, to bring it forward to your, your groups as well. Thank you, Dr. Rosenberg. And you uh, have great advice for us in, in, in that book, and you shared some advice with us earlier uh, of things we can do right now. But is there anything else you would tell us we need to do so that we can be productive and maintaining our focus during this critical time? Uh, well, think about your health and your life and your work and your family and everything that you do, maybe not as separate, but as one to some extent. It, it, It's one unit. You're one individual. And we talk now uh, not just about self-care. We talk about community care and we talk more broadly really about care of the nation and care of the world. And if you look at yourself in this way, where do you fit in? And so again, back to be true a little bit. I think that what I have in be true is an assessment for the individuals of what are your core values? What does a living with purpose look like for you? What are the things that you're really strong in? What are the things you'd like to improve on? Um, What does your leadership look like now? And how do you see it in the future? What does your career look like, et cetera, et cetera? And I think if we take the time to reflect on all of these things while we are paying attention to maximizing our immunity through sleep, through diet, through exercise, through good relationships. We haven't talked about that, but minimizing our stress. uh, And also I can add to that, supporting our stress uh, reduction through breath work, through meditation work, through yoga. And again, all this is available to you online. Um, I think that we will come out of this better than we were before as individuals and as a community. And that would be my goal for myself, for you, Eddie, and for everyone. 
Well, thank you. I have thoroughly enjoyed talking to you and I can't wait to have you back again because I even understand that you've done some work and you're seeing some things in your research around how this whole COVID-19 is uh, affecting not just even the general population, but specifically the impact it's having on African-Americans specifically. So I'd love to get more insights from you on that and so many things that you are just such an expert on. Right. Well, I'm not sure I'm a, I'm an expert in vaccines per se, but I do um, focus on population health and large groups through drug development and any wisdom that I've gained, I'm always happy to share. And it's really been a pleasure chatting with you, Eddie. I should remind you that, that we're doing this because you're, you're really one of my favorites in the MG100 because I like Aww. your style. I like your ambition and I like... Uh, the fact that you are such a real human being. So I, I really appreciate those things and I'm uh, delighted to be of service to you and the entire Marshall Goldsmith 100 Coaches Group as well as all of the community. That's so sweet of you. Thank you so much, Dr. Rosenberg. Dr. Rosenberg, here on the Keep Leading Podcast, I always ask my leaders, uh, in addition to the great content you've shared, for a, a quote or the best piece of advice they've ever heard. Do you have something like that you can share with my leaders to help us keep leading? Yes. Um, I would say one of my favorite quotes, Eddie, is from Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and that is, we have nothing to fear but fear itself. And right now we're in an environment where there is a lot of fear. We can take charge and take control as much as we can. And I think we've talked today about ways to abrogate that fear and to be able to use self-care to improve our lives and the lives of our community. Wonderful. Thank you. Where can my listeners learn more about you? Uh, well, my website is uh, www.drjulie, J-U-L-I-E, Rosenberg, R-O-S-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. And uh, my books are available in uh, local bookstores and, of course, online, since we're getting everything online, easily accessible through Amazon, through Books A Million, Barnes & Noble, etc. And I'd love to hear from folks as to uh, if uh, uh, the work is helpful, because that's always the goal. Excellent. So we'll be sure to put all this in the show notes and encourage people to reach out to you, connect to Dr. Rosenberg. She really is one of the nicest people I've ever met. I, I just absolutely adore Dr. Rosenberg. She's wonderful. And uh, connect with her, read her books, and book her for a speaker at your conferences when we start to have those again. And even if you do something online, she is an expert who you want to have. And thanks for that quote on fear, by the way, because it is certainly apropos at a time like this where so many of us, for a variety of reasons, do have fear uh, in, in one aspect of our lives. Thanks again, Dr. Julie Rosenberg. Thank you, Eddie. A pleasure. And thank you for listening. That concludes this episode, everyone. I'm Eddie Turner, the Leadership Accelerator, reminding you that Leadership is not about our title or our position. Leadership is an activity. Leadership is action. It's not the case of once a leader, always a leader. It's not a garment we put on and take off. We must be a leader at our core and allow it to emanate in all we do. So whatever you're doing, always, Thank you for listening to your host, Eddie Turner, on the Keep Leading Podcast. Please remember to subscribe to the Keep Leading Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen. 
For more information about Eddie Turner's work, please visit eddieturnerllc.com. Thank you for listening to C-Suite Radio, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.